The Sydney Opera House acknowledges the Gadigal people, traditional custodians of Tubagale, the land on which the Opera House stands. We honour the long Gadigal history of gathering and storytelling and acknowledge the strength and resilience of First Nations people and communities past and present. If I'm not careful, social media can rob me of having joy for other people. And that's like my concern because like no matter how big you are, there's always going to be other people who are getting other amazing opportunities. And I think to be a to be a nice human and a good friend and a good like comrade in the industry, like you need to have that freedom to be happy for someone. Hey, I'm Courtney Abenhauser and this is Up Next, your ticket to the most exciting artists and performers coming through the Sydney Opera House doors. Join me backstage where I'm going to be chatting to a spectacular lineup of artists, up-and-comers who are making waves on one of the most iconic stages in the world. The Opera House is celebrating its first 50 years, so in every episode of this podcast, we showcase someone exciting who we think will transform the next 50 years of arts and culture. Fresh from her breakout performance at South by Southwest in Austin, Ashley Starr is on the rise. And for one unmissable night during Vivid Live, she's going to light up the Sydney Opera House. Born in New Jersey with family roots in South America and Jamaica, Ashley's family relocated to Sydney when she was 12. We cover a lot of territory in this chat, from how a song comes to life, the role of social media for an emerging artist, where inspiration comes from, sacrifice and hustle culture, lots of good stuff. Let's drop in. Hey, Ashley. Hi, Courtney. You've got a show coming up at the Sydney Opera House. Yes. But I heard it's not the first time that you performed here. No. Can you please take me back to that moment? So I was here somewhere in this building, this beautiful building, with a bunch of other Year 12 kids chosen to perform one of their major work songs and I was in my red jumpsuit (gasps) desperately trying to stop my hair from frizzing Mm -hmm. and I was just like oh my gosh I can't I can't believe that like I'm in the opera house right now. Do you still get that feeling of surreal? Yeah definitely. I think like it's cool that I've been I performed here when I was 17, but I think like the even cooler thing is my mom told me that when she was like around 10, she was in like a kid's choir and they like performed at the opera house. (gasps) And I don't know why, like that to me just, I don't know, it makes me so emotional because I love that idea of this little 10 year old girl and like, oh, like one day your kid is going to have like her own show here. I don't know. That's just like so so beautiful to me so, yeah. yeah imagine yeah someone going back and telling her that yeah She'd be like, sorry what literally <laughs> your brown daughter <laughs> like what what is going on yeah, literally. I'm 10 literally I'm, I'm 10 years old <laughs> yeah um going back to that moment when you were 17 18 and mm. doing your first performance here you only kind of lived in Australia for a few years mm-hmm. right and yeah yeah and you hadn't really kind of I don't know, you weren't really one of those kids who were drawn to the spotlight. In fact, you kind of hid your talent a little bit. Mm, Can you yeah. tell me about that? 
I think I was shy because growing up in America, I was growing up around a lot of kids who looked like me and like my like my family members there and things. So I always was surrounded by kids who were like me. Yeah. And so I never felt like different. But then when I moved to Australia, I moved into an area where there weren't a lot of kids that looked like me. So I felt like on top of looking different to everyone else, I didn't want to act different to everyone else. Can you talk me through your songwriting process? Like, yeah. how does it start? So usually it starts with like a one-liner I get in my head. So like a word or a sentence. And then I'll write it down in my notes or I'll sing it in my phone. Yeah. And I feel like you get your best stuff out that way where you're accepting of not just your really good stuff, but your really bad stuff as well. Like it has to, it has to come out. It has to. Yeah. Or else you just get constipated. <laughs> Creatively like, constipated. There's lesson, yeah. There's a lesson <laughs> in that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's, so my song King Street, one of the first, I wouldn't even say this is like, I don't think it had melody to it. It was just me trying to figure out what I wanted to say. And it's like, I'm holding back my tears on King Street. I know after just sitting, you're the same. You're you're in the same place. Like there's just all this. It's kind of like just figuring out what I want to say. Yeah. And just having like the this, this story, the rough like skeleton there. Mm. Um, but then it ended up being like, holding back tears on King Street, came here to just be friends. That was like how it ended up. So what happens next once you've got a few ideas written down on the page? What's the next part of your process? Um, so after that, I go in the studio and I talk to the producer, whatever producer I'm working with on that day. I work with like three or four guys in Sydney who are just amazing artists and also incredible producers and songwriters. Um, and yeah, I just... Even though I have ideas, it's really important to me to see where they're at as well and what they're lacking um, because I feel like when it's more of like a two-way street, you get the best out of the session and out of the song. And I, I don't know. Um, I love the idea of them also feeling really a part of the music and the process, not just feeling like, I'm just a body in a chair, like trying to communicate what that person behind me wants. Yeah. But it's like, okay, like we're in this together, like we're writing this song. And yeah, so we'd have a chat, maybe go for a coffee. I feel like that's the most important part is like just having that personal connection and being like, okay, this is where I'm at. This is what's happening in my life. I'm good. I'm bad. I'm all right, you know. And then we start with like a melodic idea, maybe some chords. We put lyrics to it and then we record. Yeah. Amazing. And where do you get inspiration from? Um, mainly from just like my everyday life. I've tried before to write about things that I think are cool or things that are like trendy or like just, I don't know, breakups and stuff, like dramatic breakups, but I just haven't had those experiences. So I try and write from my own life and just, yeah, the boringness, especially the, like the last, was it last year? Yeah. I was working like a really sucky office job 
We've all had those. Yeah, yeah. It was probably one of the worst times ever. Really good so for far. fueling creativity. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's really good. Like, it's great to have a job. Um, yeah, definitely can't take that for granted. But when you're not, like, where you want to be, it makes you just so sad. Did you see the speech that Phoebe Bridges did at that award ceremony recently? No. But she said a similar thing where she was like, when I was little, I knew I wanted to be, I'm paraphrasing, obviously, I wanted to write music and be a singer. And so, like, tried to kind of construct these stories, but they weren't real to her and they kind of sucked. Mm. So then one day she was in the car with her mom, heard Taylor Swift on the radio and was like, oh, this is a young woman just telling her story. And then mm. she was like, I can tell my story. A hundred percent. Yeah. I think like what a like what a legacy is that? Like that you're inspiring other people to tell their own stories. You're not just like, this is something only I can do. And once I'm gone, no one's doing it. But it's like you're inspiring this whole generation of people to kind of do things in their own way. Um, yeah, she's amazing. She's an incredible artist. I love her. Let's talk about social media because love it or loathe it, it is important. Mm. How do you feel about it? Do you find it inspiring or just like another thing you have to create? Yeah, I think it does give me a lot of anxiety because no matter how hard I can try, there is that element of comparison. And I think, like, I can delete it. And I do that a lot. Like, you just get in those moods where you're like, I'm deleting Instagram. I don't need to be on that. <laughs> but I think it's important as a writer for me to live in the times. And I think social media is so ingrained in the day-to-day experience that it's something that I want to be a part of because it will affect how I write my music and what songs I write. and it affects our everyday relationships. So I think it's important as a storyteller to be a part of the story. It's balancing that and also protecting my own mental health. And it's being able to be happy for someone without feeling like I need to compare and just being like, hey, that's an awesome opportunity, full stop, instead of being like, that's awesome. When's my turn coming? And I think if I'm not careful social media can rob me of having joy for other people and that's like my concern because like no matter how big you are there's always going to be other people who are getting other amazing opportunities and I think to be a to be a nice human and a good friend and a good like comrade in the industry like you need to have that freedom to be happy for someone and yeah it's like learning how to live with the beast kind of thing like yeah. How do I, how do I exist in this world, and how do I stay happy? How do I stay healthy? You know. Totally. Yeah. Do you ever wish that you were an artist before social media was a thing? Yeah, all the time. Yeah, I really wish I was, especially like when you're independent. Yeah, I think there are a lot of different hats that you have to wear. There's not like a team of people who are there to kind of push your music and help you create content like it's just like you and if you're lucky you have a really great manager or you're really great at managing yourself but yeah I think that would have been really cool I think 
not being online can create some mystique around yeah. them and intrigue as well. Yeah. But it's hard to it's hard to build it out when you're like a smaller artist. Yeah. You know, so there's there's stuff like you have to give and yeah, like it's I don't know, it's I haven't I haven't figured out the formula. Does it ever feel like music's such a big part of your life and that in your like your free time it becomes too much and you need a break or mm. are you just all in? Um I think one thing that maybe a lot of artists don't talk about a lot, or maybe I just don't pay attention, um, is how hard it is, like, in the beginning to, like, balance, like, still doing your normal job and, like, your normal life and then also having to, like, be an artist. And, yeah, it's, like, I think it's, like, while a lot of your friends are, like, working full time and starting to like get married and buy houses you're like yeah I'm working on my album or like I'm writing songs like I'm performing at this pub like it's yeah it's like you feel like for a little bit maybe people are moving with their lives and you're like stuck with this dream kind of like I think like it's a privilege it is a privilege to be able to to like chase after your dreams not a lot of people in the world get that kind of opportunity. Are there sacrifices that you've had to make to kind of forge your path? The financial sacrifice is astronomical. Yeah. It's like, it's crazy. Yeah, it's it's really, it can be so stressful and like not a lot of people talk about it. It's like, it's like what mothers say when they give birth. Like afterwards, it's like, it's just you holding the baby and you forget that you nearly died and you were feeling the worst <laughs> pain of your life. <laughs> you're just like look at this beautiful human that's kind of what it is with music it's like oh the pain but then when you have the project you have the songs you're like oh the joy the joy yeah the joy the fulfillment but yeah it's it's so challenging like it's really yeah it's mentally really challenging So we often hear that church plays quite a big role mm. in the lives of musicians growing up. Yeah. Is that the case for you? Definitely. Yeah. So I grew up in church. Um, I went to a Jamaican church when I was in the States. My dad, like I always grew up, my dad was a pastor. Um, yeah. And I think there's something about church that I think... It's so expressive, and I think that that really set me up for doing what I do now, which is literally expressing myself in song. And I think that's also a part of, like, my my dad is Jamaican, and the way that, like, Jamaicans got to Jamaica was through the slave trade. And there was a lot of music and, like, spiritual music that came from that time that are, like, the basis of songs like we sing today and different hymns and things. So. It's a part of my upbringing, but it's also like a part of my ancestry. So, um, yeah, it's played such an important role. In it. And I think as well, church is a real like, I wouldn't want to say a training ground, but I think it is kind of in that way, because the first time that I sung in front of people on a microphone was in church. So it's. Yeah, I think it's it's a place where you can mess up and you can try different things. And the first time I was ever in a studio was because of church. So, 
it exposed me to a lot of things. Um, yeah. And it's, I, I'm still a part of church today. And yeah, I think it's helped me to be the person that I am and the person that I'm becoming. I also heard you did a songwriting workshop with Sampa the Great. Yeah. How yeah. was that? That was really cool. It was like a Zoom session and I got to show her one of my songs and she gave me some really good advice. She said, like, don't, you don't have to give everything in the first, like, half of the song. And that kind of, that was like a revolutionary thought to me because I feel like her saying that made me think and it gave me permission to be like, not every song has to be like the start and end of the thought or the story. Like it can just be like a snippet. Mm. And I think a lot of times it's easier for me to think of it like that and condense it. And it's easier to communicate that way. Like instead of me, I loved him and then we broke up and then we and then we <laughs> got back together and stuff. It's like, okay, like let's just talk about when I first met him. Yeah. Or that first date or how I felt, that one feeling that I felt. Um, instead yeah. of the whole book it's like a chapter exactly a chapter a paragraph even yeah. you know like um, yeah that was an amazing experience is there stuff that you have to challenge yourself to listen to because you know it's good for you yes what kind of music I think heavy metal tell yeah. me more it's it's not something that I gravitate towards but I think there's power in appreciating music that you don't make mm. and not just listening to your own genre on rotation. Um, I think, yeah, it's important to expand your ear and not just stick in your own little neighborhood. That's how music becomes interesting when you start to introduce different elements. But I think, yeah, um, heavy metal is not something that comes, it's not a natural desire of mine, <laughs> but it's a great genre and there's a lot that goes into it. Like I think as a vocalist, it's it's so like it's so beyond me how they can sing like that and still have a voice. Totally. Like, that takes really good technique. My throat hurts thinking about it. My throat hurts right now. And I'm just <laughs> like doing an interview. I don't know if that's good or bad. But um yeah, that's a genre. Um but yeah, power to the people that do it because there's. it sounds like a lot of stuff when you're not a part of that genre, or like listening to it all the time. But I think the lyrics are like you hear you hear the sound and then when you read the lyrics, they're like really heavy lyrics. So, yeah, heavy metal. On this podcast, we love asking people who they think are are stars on the rise essentially people who you think are also up next like mm -hmm. the title are there any artists who you've got your eye on or who you think our listeners should you know keep an eye on or listen to their music anyone you'd like to shout out yeah definitely um definitely Zion Garcia he's a rapper also from Western Sydney he's like I think he's like my favorite Aussie artist he's just so He's so good. And if you see that he has a show, like you need to go see him because I feel like watching him is you're just seeing like a star before it bursts. Oh, like wow. honestly, he's just he's amazing and he's an amazing person. He's just so like so down to earth, so warm, so humble. 
and he's just incredibly talented like such a oh i could rave about him for ages like honestly he's so so good keep your eyes on him and just be be there in the beginning you will regret it if you're not like 100 <laughs> percent. yeah i definitely want to go and check them out yeah please please do that description of a star before it bursts like oh my gosh like the energy at his shows is like i feel like i'm at the beginnings of like hip-hop or something like you know when you watch those documentaries and yeah. it's like this is what the evolution was. of hip-hop yeah yeah <laughs> that, those documentaries literally called the evolution of hip-hop but um yeah like i feel like i'm in one of those rooms like, yeah yeah um, are there any other artists or you want to? Yeah, I love Zion. I love Nick Ward as well. Mm-hmm. He's an incredible artist. Um, when I was around 18, I did this um, thing called MCA Gen Next. And this kid came in and he was setting up his little Ableton stuff. And I was like to my friend, I was like, oh my God, this guy is amazing. Yeah, he was amazing. And that guy was Nick Ward. And just seeing his progression and his journey like is so insane. He's an amazing songwriter, an amazing artist, and also a really kind down-to-earth person. Yeah. So good. Yeah. Ashley, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Thank you so much for having me. That was singer, songwriter Ashley. You can catch her at the Sydney Opera House during Vivid Live this June. I'm Courtney Ammenhauser, and this has been Up Next, a podcast from the Sydney Opera House. From Audiocraft, the show is produced by Marcus Costello, and the executive producer is Selena Shannon. From Sydney Opera House, head of digital programming is Stuart Buchanan, and the digital programming coordinator is Georgia D'Souza. The Up Next theme music is by Milan Ring. Subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts.